Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Listen again for the word of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We made it. We've made it to the fourth Sunday of Advent, the last Sunday before Christmas. That means we have six days, 13 hours, and about 30 minutes before Christmas is here. Not that I'm counting. As a pastor, I'm supposed to tell you that I've spent this holy season in deep reflection and prayer, that my soul is filled to overflowing with peace and love, hope, and joy. I'm supposed to tell you that, but the truth is this is a busy season. And it's even busier when you serve a church as vibrant as ours. There's a lot going on during Advent here at First Presbyterian Church. I've been feeling the crunch of Christmas since November. Back in November, I made a three-page long to-do list with all the cooking and the cleaning and the decorating and the gift buying that needed to be done by Christmas morning. This morning, the choir's anthem is called The Work of Christmas. Well, that list is my work of Christmas. And last week, I was deep into page two of the list when my daughter asked for help with an art project. Do you know what I said? I said, mommy doesn't have time for anything but Christmas. We haven't even made it to Christmas, and I feel like I've already failed at Christmas because my heart isn't filled with peace. Too often it's filled with panic. And some of you may be feeling that way too. My journey to Bethlehem is on a very tight schedule this year. There is no room for detours or pit stops or the scenic route, and heaven forbid that somebody gets sick. This car isn't stopping until it gets to Bethlehem. And I wonder if Mary and Joseph felt a bit of that urgency as they traveled to Bethlehem so many years ago. I suspect they might have because Mary was very pregnant. 
And the thing about babies is that they don't wait. They come when they come, whether or not you're expecting them. And what we know from Matthew chapter one is that Jesus was unexpected. We've all heard the nursery rhyme. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby and the baby carriage. That's how it was supposed to go for Joseph. That's how Joseph thought it would go. But when your fiance is impregnated by the Holy Spirit, that's the definition of an unplanned pregnancy. This throws good, dutiful Joseph into a tailspin. What should he do? What can he do? He comes up with two options. He can publicly dismiss Mary, or he can privately dismiss Mary. Now, either way, Mary and her unborn child get dismissed. Matthew tells us that Joseph didn't want to expose Mary to public disgrace, and that sounds, that sounds nice. But as someone who has been pregnant, I can tell you, it's a pretty public thing. There's not much you can do to hide it. And that makes me wonder who Joseph is really trying to protect. We live in a world where single mothers raise children every day and it's very hard. We also live in a world where those mothers have access to education and childcare and honest work. If Joseph breaks things off publicly or privately, what becomes of Mary? What becomes of her child? The future doesn't look good. But that's not all because God's plan for the salvation of the world runs through Mary. And if Mary's future is hanging by a thread, now God's grand plan is hanging by a thread. For Joseph, the child is an inconvenience and an eruption. This is a situation to be dismissed. And as Joseph works up the courage to turn away Mary, He works up the courage to turn away Mary in this passage that we read. He finally decides that's what he's going to do. Several weeks ago, a stranger was turned away at the gates of Wimbledon. You know Wimbledon, the elite tennis club in southwest London. Wimbledon is home to the oldest and most prestigious tennis tournament in the world. It's a private club, though. It's not the sort of place a tourist can just pop in for a visit. And yet, a strange man showed up at the side gate asking to be let in. Now, the security guard had a protocol for this. She says, you can come in once you show me your membership card. I don't have a membership card, the man says. You can't get in without a membership card, she says. The man backtracks, he tries to explain himself. I don't have a membership card with me, see, but I am a member. That's what they all say. The security guard was trained for such a time as this. She figures she has two options. She can dismiss him publicly or she can dismiss him privately, but either way, he's not getting in. She stares down the would-be gate crasher and says no one 
gets into Wimbledon without a membership card. The man took the hint. He got back into his car and he drove off. Disaster averted. She had done her job. She had protected the sanctity of that hallowed ground and she had done it by turning away Roger Federer. <laughs> Roger Federer. Roger Federer has competed in over 1,500 tennis matches in a 24-year career. He's won over 100 Pro Tour titles, 20 Grand Slams, and eight Wimbledon championships. That is more championships at Wimbledon than any person in the history of the club. If anyone has the right to drop by unexpected, it's Roger Federer. But the security guard didn't recognize who was standing at her gate, so she turned him away. God is standing on the threshold of Joseph's life, asking to come in, but Joseph doesn't recognize him. Why? Because Joseph can't see the whole story. Of course he can't. Joseph can't know what we know 2,000 years later. Joseph can't even know what the writer of Revelation knew just 100 years after the birth of Jesus. In our reading from Revelation chapter 12, we meet a woman clothed with a sun crown with 12 stars with the moon under her feet. Our, our beetle Jim McDonald had to read that passage. He told me, Revelation's kind of weird. <laughs> it is kind of weird. But we're reading it this morning because who is the woman? Who is the woman? Is she Eve, the mother of all the living? Is she Israel, the nation through whom the world would be blessed? Is she Mary, the mother of Jesus? Don't raise your hands. She's all three of these things. This is revelation at its best. We're not meant to recognize a single story but the overarching story of the relationship between the children of God and the forces of evil in our world. Revelation reminds us that the story of Jesus is the story of Israel, which is the story of all humanity. So the Christmas story plays out here, and we see it's not just a story of a small town couple. This is a story of cosmic proportions, and the salvation of the world hangs in the balance. But Joseph can't see any of that, not yet. So God sends an angel to Joseph in a dream. Did you notice that Joseph receives a word from God in a dream? He's not the first Joseph to receive a word from God in a dream. The angel says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus. Yeshua, Joshua in the Hebrew, Jesus, which means the one who saves. Finally, Joseph recognizes that there is a third option. There was always a third option. There was always a third option. Some of the families in our church foster children. Some of our families have adopted children. We didn't come up with that in our culture. This was always an option. So here is the third option for Joseph. Take Mary as his wife and trust that God is doing a new thing. At last, Joseph recognizes that this situation is an invitation from God. When we face the unexpected, we do well to remember Joseph. 
because God often shows up in those interruptions, in those inconveniences, and how we respond matters. It matters. Instead of snapping at our children, I don't have time for that. Instead of dismissing what is messy and complicated or closing the door in someone's face, perhaps we could embrace the possibility that maybe God is inviting us to say yes to his plan. That day at Wimbledon, Roger Federer didn't get in at the first door he tried, but Roger Federer didn't become one of the greatest of all time by giving up. So he did get back into his car, but he drove around to the other side of the complex. And at a second door, a different security guard recognized him. That guard went out of his way to greet Mr. Federer and usher him inside within the span of minutes. Roger Federer had gone from being an inconvenience, an interruption, to being a guest of honor. We like to imagine that we are the second guard. We like to think we're the person who would recognize greatness at our doorstep. But are we? Are you? Am I that person? Last week, the Presbyterian women held their Christmas lunch in Holland Hall. Fran Brailsford was giving the opening prayer. When out in the hall there arose such a clatter, I thought all of Santa's reindeer were in the hallway. It wasn't reindeer. It was the preschoolers. I had half a mind to close the door, and I am so grateful that I didn't because those preschoolers were our program. They were the guests of honor. They were coming to sing Christmas carols to us. And if it had been in my power, I would have turned them away. And it makes me wonder, who else have I turned away? Who else have we turned away? How many times have we blocked the door believing we were keeping out the riffraff when all we were doing was keeping out God? The road to Bethlehem is narrow. God's plan hangs by a fragile thread that runs through ordinary people like Mary, like Joseph, like you, like me. And when we embrace God's plan, when we embrace those interruptions, this is what it looks like. On Thursday, our church is holding a longest night service. I mentioned that in the announcements. It's a contemplative worship service for those who struggle during the holidays. So we extend a special invitation to those who are grieving loved ones. One woman who had been invited wanted to go. But after her husband passed, she said she was afraid to drive at night. Someone in our congregation heard about this and they offered to drive her to the service. It's a simple thing to offer, but it wasn't Lost on her, she told me the story with tears in her eyes. She said, I know it's inconvenient. I'm sure he has so many other things to do. And I'm so grateful. The kingdom of heaven depends on ordinary people who say yes 
because they recognize who's at the door. This Advent, as we wait for the birth of Jesus, may we be mindful of the one who stands at our door. May we recognize the face of the king who has come. And if dinner has been interrupted, if our plans are inconvenienced, even if our very lives are turned upside down, may we embrace that invitation with joy. May we have the courage to throw wide the doors of our hearts and welcome our Savior inside. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.